Much ashamed, it wasn't until four hours later that Shirlian had the time to sneak a peek at his scroll and finally learn the backstory of the Windmaster. The five elemental masters of the heavens used their titles to replace their surnames. For example, before the Earthmaster ascended, his mortal name was Ming Yi. After ascension, he was to be addressed as Earthmaster Yi. As for the Windmaster, his old name was Shi Qingxuan, and after ascension, he was called Windmaster Qingxuan. Much like his title, his personality was like a breeze. He was sociable and generous, mindless of petty details, and very popular in the heavens, as apparent from him easily handing out 10,000 merits in the communication array. But at the end of the day, as his older brother was the god who controlled mortal wealth, of course the Windmaster was generous and mindless of petty details. Indeed, the older brother of Windmaster Ching Xuan was the one called Water Tyrant, the Water Master Wu Du. Descending to the underworld together, the two gods walked side by side, chatting as they travelled. Shirlian had his arms crossed and commented in amazement. The Pei family, producing two ascended generals under one name, was already a legend. But you and your brother, one wind, one water, ascending at the same time, is truly a tale of wonder. It must be known that, even in a million, there may not be that one who had the ability to ascend. Pei Ming and Pei Su were separated by a few hundred years, and Pei Su wasn't even a direct descendant. He was from Pei Ming's brother's branch of the family that was many times removed through the generations. The water master Wu Du and the wind master Ching Xuan were real blood-related brothers, a real pair of ascended officials from the same house. Thus, it was truly incredible. Shi Ching Xuan laughed it off. It's nothing. My brother and I were born from the same mother, grew up together, went to school together, cultivated together. So naturally, we descend together in the same lifetime. Shirlian also learned about this when he was cramming from the scroll earlier. Shir Wu Du ascended first, but after only a few years, his brother Shi Ching Xuan also successfully passed a heavenly calamity. Mortals often worshipped the two heavenly officials together in the same temple and praised them as equals. It was obvious that the two brothers enjoyed a good relationship. As Sun Lung and Nan Feng had mentioned, the water master must be the reason that Pei Ming wouldn't touch the wind master. After all, the brother of the water tyrant was not one to be picked on easily. Coming to this point, Shirlian thought of another detail and considered it before asking. Lord Windmaster, at the great martial hall earlier, the way General Pei spoke, it sounded as if he shared a friendship with your brother. Wouldn't your filing the complaint against General Pei Jr. affect? Nah, Shi Ching Xuan replied. My brother 
already knows that I can't stand Pei Ming. Knowing is one thing, but action is another, Shulian said. Wouldn't all of this cause a rift between the Water Master and General Pei? If that caused a rift, then even better. I wish that my brother would stop hanging out with him and leave the three tumors Monica behind one day. Shulian stopped. What are the three tumors? Shu Qingxuan exclaimed, astonished. What? You don't know about this either? Fine, whatever. I now know that you're not up to date with anything. You can just listen for giggles. The three tumors is the nickname given to the three heavenly officials who don't have a good reputation but have a good relationship with each other. They're Mingguang, Lingwen, and my brother. I can't believe that it's not Shirlian, Shirlian, and Shirlian, Shirlian thought. Shi Qingxuan fanned his Windmaster fan and continued. Even if I can't stand him, the whole business this time around was started by Little Pei himself. There's no way I'd let Pei Ming pin this on the Guoxia of Banyue and protect Little Pei. It doesn't matter if you're a mortal or a god or a ghost. You have to be responsible for your own actions. Bullying a little girl is low. The last line was uttered in contempt, and Shirlian smiled. The Windmaster is a defender of justice. Shi Qingxuan laughed. You're not bad yourself. I've heard rumors about the Banyue Pass here and there, but I never had the time to investigate. Plus, my brother would yell at me about it. With so much on my plate, I'd forgotten. But when I heard you inquire about it in the communication array the other day, it reminded me that there was such a case. I went to check it out. Turns out, not only did you ask, you'd even gone yourself. So I thought, dang, what a guy. This Windmaster certainly had an extremely straightforward and interesting personality, and Shirlian could understand now why he was so popular in the heavens. He hadn't thought that, after ascension, he'd be able to form a friendship with a heavenly official like this. And he couldn't help but smile happily. But just as he turned his head to face the Windmaster, the white-clad cultivator beside him, was transformed to a lady in white. It was so sudden that Shirlian almost tripped in his step. Lord Windmaster, why the sudden transformation? Oh, truth be told, I'm actually more powerful in this form, Shu Qingxuan replied. As mentioned before, the Windmaster and the Watermaster were often worshipped together. However, this also produced a bizarre accident. Perhaps people thought that worshipping two male gods together in one temple was weird. Lords and ladies go hand in hand. Handsome and beautiful make a pair. That should be the way. Thus, after a while, someone somewhere sculpted the Windmaster as a goddess. Never mind the goddess statue. They had to make up stories to go along with it, too. Something along the lines of the wind and water gods being brother and sister. There was even a version 
where they were husband and wife. After a few hundred years, the stories spread, and from them came even more outlandish legends. Once in a while, the two officials would read through the tales out of curiosity, but each time they would cringe and fill an entire coop with goosebumps. Nonetheless, there were more than a few who believed in those outrageous stories, and the Windmaster's gender started getting mixed up. My lady, Prithee, watch over me, could be heard all over the place. Thus, Xiu Ching Xuan gained the name Lady Windmaster. Although silly, it was actually not that rare of an occurrence. Lingwen, for example, also had a similar experience. Lingwen was a lady official, but she didn't dress colorfully and fashionably like the other lady deities. She was often in black, serious and competent, and spent her days madly working through stacks and stacks of administrative scrolls in her palace. Although her personality was partly to blame, much of it was due to another reason. If one should ask any mortal, is Ling Wen a man or a woman, anyone would respond with confidence, a man. A civil god was of course a male. For this alone, when Ling Wen ascended, she suffered disadvantages. She was a civil goddess, but many in the mortal realm thought, how could women be in that position? How could ladies possibly ensure good fortune in literary competence? It must not be effective. Thus, although she worked hard, she still had very few devotees. Later, some of the devotees couldn't get over it and rebuilt her statues into male gods, transforming her from the goddess Lingwen to the god Lingwen, and even made up an entire extravagant backstory. After this change, her temples became prosperous, and everyone praised how effective the god Lingwen was. But the truth was, an official was an official. Spiritual powers were all the same, and the legends were all fake. Still, the people ate them up. Since then, when Lingwen needed to appear in dreams, she could only do so in a male form. By the same logic, people believed that it was more appropriate to worship a man and a woman as a pair in the wind and water temples. Who cared if you were a god or a ghost? You must appear as people believed. Appearances could be different by a million miles, and people would still see what they wanted to see. The upper court heavenly officials no longer cared for this kind of thing. As for Xiu Ching Xuan himself, by Xiu Lian's own observation, he didn't appear to mind at all. In fact, he was completely immersed and enjoying himself, and was even passionately dragging others into it, making Xiu Lian wonder about the real identity of the lady in black that was with the wind master the last time. In the four hours, they had spent traveling to the underworld together, Xiu Ching Xuan had been tirelessly trying to persuade Shirlian into disguising himself as a woman with very convincing reasons, like Women have stronger auras of yin. Therefore, it's much easier to hide in the ghost city crowds. 
Shonin thought about it and courteously rejected the idea. I don't have enough power to transform. I'll lend you my powers, Shi Qingxuan replied excitedly. That's the whole reason why the heavenly emperor appointed me to this mission, no? My lord, please save your powers for when we're actually fighting the enemy, Shilin said. Shi Qingxuan couldn't persuade Shilin, so she stopped pushing. At this time, the two had reached a wild field in the middle of nowhere. The night had deepened and crows cawed crazily in the darkness, creating an eerie atmosphere. Shirlian scanned around and said, "Let's wait here. An evil aura fills the air here, and there's a large graveyard nearby. So there's definitely going to be one or two going to the market. We'll follow them when the time comes." Thus, the two crouched on top of a burial mound and waited. A moment later, Shi Qingxuan put one hand into a sleeve, rummaged around, and dug out a small jug of booze. "You want some?" he asked. Shilian reached for the jug and took a small sip, feeling his throat burn, and gave the jug back. "Thanks." Shi Qingxuan took the jug and gulped a couple swallows. "You can't drink?" "I can." Shirlin replied, "But drinking causes insanity. So just a taste is enough. What time is it?" Shi Qingxuan hummed and replied, "It's midnight. It must be soon then." Shirlin said. Just as he finished his sentence, the two saw a faint row of lights appear deep in the woods. That faint row of lights slowly came closer and closer, until finally the two could see. That it was a group of expressionless women dressed in white, walking in a line. Some were old, some were young, some were beautiful, and some ugly. Each was wearing funeral garb with a white lantern in hand, walking at an easy pace. They must be female ghosts heading to the ghost city markets in the deep night. Let's follow them," Shirlin said under his breath. Shi Qingxuan nodded, took a last swig from the jug, and threw it aside. The two stood up and casually trailed behind the group of ghosts. The two had already prepared beforehand and erased all their spiritual aura. When they walked, they were like people-shaped logs without a scent of life. Thus, the band of female ghosts before them held their white lanterns. And followed an unknown path in the darkened woods. They strolled while chatting in high-pitched, delicate voices. I'm so glad that the ghost cities opened again. I need a facial. One said. What happened to your face? Another replied. Didn't you just recently get a facial? The first one responded. It rotted again. She sighed. The one who serviced me last time. Said it was guaranteed fresh for a year. It hasn't even been half a year. Shirlian and Shi Qingxuan trailed behind them, listening to their chatter, and didn't speak a word. When they heard something funny, they'd only lift their lips and eye each other. After about an hour, the group came to a valley. 
red light emitted from deep within the valley, and there seemed to be music wafting in the ethereal night. Shirlian grew more and more curious to finally see for himself what the ghost city looked like. As they were entering the valley, however, the last one in the line of ghosts suddenly turned her head and discovered them. Confused, she asked, Who are you two? The question made all the pale-faced heads turn, and the woman surrounded them, curious. When did they start following us? Those two weren't part of the group when we left the burial grounds? Which burial ground did you come from? How come we've never seen your faces before? Sherlin cleared his throat. We came from a burial ground much further away, so of course you've never seen us. Shu Qingxuan smiled too. That's right, we've traveled thousands of miles just for the ghost city. The group of white-clad female ghosts were silent and expressionlessly stared at them. If it was anyone else, they'd probably fall to the ground, shivering in fright. But Shirlian wasn't afraid of having their identities exposed. These weak, feral ghosts had no power over them. However, since the ghost city was right before their eyes, it wouldn't be wise to start anything in such close distance to the target, lest they alert their enemy. Just then, one of the women, staring at Shu Qingxuan, spoke up languidly. Mei Mei, your face is very nicely maintained. Shu Lian and Shu Qingxuan stopped. Immediately, the two of them nodded uniformly. Shu Lian replied, It's alright, not bad. Shu Qingxuan copied his tone and said, It's pretty good, right? All the female ghosts then approached and started a discussion. Yeah, it's not rotten at all. Mei Mei, where did you get your facials done? What's your secret? Can you recommend a place? Shu Qingxuan didn't know how to respond, so she only laughed awkwardly to delay answering. Just then, the group turned around and a sudden crimson brightness flashed into their eyes. A mysterious and haunted world opened before them. A long street appeared. It was so long that there was no end in sight. Along the street were all manner of bustling stores and stalls. Colourful signs were flown high above, and giant red lanterns were hung low. Pedestrians filled the street many wearing masks of faces crying, laughing, angry, some human and some not human. Those without masks could only be described as bizarre. Some had large heads and small bodies. Some were skinny as a bamboo stick. Some were flat like a pancake, pressing on the ground, letting pedestrians walk all over them while complaining. Shirlian was careful not to step on anything weird. When he passed by a food stall, he saw the store owner use a giant bone to stir a giant pot of soup. While it stirred, spit would spill from between its teeth, dripping into the soup. And in that soup that was filled with weird colours floated many an eyeball. Shirlian watched and suddenly gained confidence. On the other side, there were strange buskers performing, 
A buff, burly man had a small ghost, weak as a chick, in his hold. And the man opened his mouth to blow massive flames to barbecue the small ghost while it squealed like a dying pig writhing. The crowd cheered and shrieked, shouting encore. There were even insane individuals randomly throwing money into the air. And when one slip of it flew before Sherlian, he grabbed one and flipped it over. It was money of the dead, just as he thought. As he walked, there was a butcher store with a row of crestfallen human heads, hung in order of age, as indicated on their price tags. A child's head was this much. A youth's meat was that much. A grown man's flesh costed this amount, and a mature woman's sinew was charged at that much. The one dressed in an apron with a butcher knife in hand was a boar with thick black hair, and under its knife getting butchered was a muscular human leg still twitching. This was truly a swarm of evil, the chaos of hell. Humans butchering pigs was a common sight, but pigs butchering humans wasn't, so Sherlian couldn't help but steal a few extra peeks. The boar noticed him watching and immediately reacted. What are you looking at? Are you buying? Sherlian shook his head. No. The boar butcher continued to chop onto the cutting board violently, blood spraying all over. He yelled, his voice rough. If you ain't buying, then don't watch. Trying to start something? Get out of here. Sherlian got out of there, but just as his steps quickened, he suddenly realized something very bad. That group of female ghosts and Shu Qingxuan had disappeared without a trace. In shock, Shirlian wanted to connect with the Wind Master at once within the communication array, afraid that she really got dragged away by those ghosts to do facials. However, this was Ghost City, and the spells used by Heaven were heavily restricted. The connection to the array didn't work, so he had to wander the streets to search for the missing wind master. As he walked, someone suddenly grabbed him. Already alert and tense, Shirin instantly reacted. Who? he shouted. The one who stopped him was a woman and was surprised by Shirin's reaction. But after seeing his face clearly, she started giggling, playing coy. Hey there, little Gurga. You're looking mighty fine. This woman was in an exceedingly revealing dress, her makeup terrifyingly heavy. The white foundation was uneven, and when she opened her mouth, clumps of it would fall off her face. Her bosom was stuffed full, as if something was filled in her flesh. Truly, a shocking sight. Shirlian gently pushed away her thin, claw-like fingers and said, My lady, there's no need to speak like this. The woman was taken aback, then burst out laughing. Dear Lord, my lady, who the hell still calls me a lady in this day and age? All the passers-by seemed to think that it was funny too and started laughing along. Shirlian shook his head, but before he could speak, the woman pounced on him. Don't go, little Gurga, I like you. 
Come and have fun with me all night. I won't ask for payment. She pouted and winked, but I will charge. Shirley sighed and prayed inwardly, then unobtrusively but firmly pushed her away. He chided gently, My lady, please. The woman seemed annoyed now and screeched, Stop calling me lady. No one cares for it. Quit wasting my time. Are you coming or not? To tempt Shirley and further, the woman suddenly unlaced her already revealing shirt. Shirley wasn't prepared to face such a bold move and sighed again before turning and continuing on his way. The female ghost chased after him and continued her seduction. Do you like what you see? Little did she realize that Shirley had grown up in the royal holy pavilion, practicing abstinence for most of his mortal life. His body and mind had always been as steady as the mountains. It didn't matter what he saw, his heart was still like water. Anything unseemly would have him automatically chant sutras in his mind to calm his spirit. Unsuccessful in her temptation, the female ghost's expression changed and she started yelling. You don't want any of this? Are you even a man? Shirley dropped his eyes. I am. Then prove it, the female ghost yelled. From the sidelines, a passerby laughed mockingly. You slut. He thinks you're old and ugly and wants none of you. What are you doing so clingy? Hearing these words, Shirley deadpanned with a straight face. It's not like that. It's because I have an unspeakable affliction. I can't get erect. Everyone fell silent. Then within an instant, they all roared and hollered with laughter. The victim of ridicule was now Shirley. No one had ever met a man who was brave enough to announce to the world that they had such a problem. However, to someone like Shirley, it didn't matter whether his private member was functional or not, so he had already developed the habit of using that as an excuse to get out of these kinds of situations. And it was a method that worked every single time. Sure enough, the female ghost redid her shirt and stopped clinging onto him. No wonder you're like this. What a pig. If you have a problem, why didn't you say so sooner? Not far behind them, the boar butcher threw down his knife and yelled, F***ing what did you say? What's wrong with pigs? The female ghost wasn't scared and yelled right back, Yeah, what's wrong with pigs, f***ing animals? Soon, the long street was filled with shouting and squawking and people hollering. That female ghost, Lan Chung, is starting shit again. Butcher Ju is chopping ghosts. The two sides buzzed back and forth, rowdy and chaotic. And in the midst of that pandemonium, Shirley was finally able to slip away. After walking for a bit, he looked back over to where the crowd was and heaved a sigh. Shirley continued walking and soon came upon another rowdy crowd ahead, and he stopped in front of a gigantic red building. This building was extraordinarily grandiose and imposing. Its columns roofs, walls, everything was painted in a magnificent bright red 
and the floors were covered in thick, exquisite carpet. If it must be compared, this building was on par with the heavenly palaces. The only difference was that it was more bedazzling than dignified. Large crowds went in and out of the doors, and the inside was filled with loud, excited voices, very lively. Upon closer look, Shirlian found that this place was a gambler's den. Shirlian walked up to the doors, and on the two pillars at the entrance, there was a set of verses. The left said, money over life, and the right said, gains over shame. On the top horizontal beam, it had laughter. It was vulgar and crass, not worthy of being entrance verses. The calligraphy was also wild, clumsy, and frenzied, a disgrace to call it calligraphy at all. It was as if someone took a brush whilst drunk and scribbled with malintent, and the words got blown by a blast of evil aura before they were formed thus. Shirlian was once an heir to the throne, and his calligraphy was taught by the best teachers in the land. The characters he saw before him now were a real tragedy. In fact, the characters were so hellish that Shirlian was starting to think that they were kind of funny and shook his head. The Windmaster wouldn't be hanging around here. He'd have a better chance searching in beauty parlors for female ghosts. He certainly should have just moved on, yet inexplicably, after only a few steps, he turned around and went inside. In the main hall of the gambler's den, crowds were packed to the brim. In numerous heads moving, laughter and desperate cries crammed the air. Shirlian had only descended a few steps when he suddenly heard screaming, and when he looked to see where it had come from, four masked bouncers were walking over, carrying another. The man was in pain, writhing and howling whilst being carried, and a trail of blood followed. It turns out that both of his legs were cleanly cut off from the knees, and blood was pouring from the stumps. A small ghost followed closely and greedily licked up all the blood that was on the floor as they went. It was a terrifying sight, yet no one in the gambler's den spared it any look and continued to shout and cheer, rolling about. Though, of course, many who gambled here weren't people, and if they were, then they were no ordinary humans. Shirlian slighted his body to let pass the four bouncers carrying the man, and then continued going deeper into the den. A petite attendant in a laughing mask approached him and welcomed him. Sir, are you here to play? Shirlian gave a small smile. I don't have any money on me. Mind if I just look? In his experience, usually if you said those words in any establishment, you'd get kicked out. Why would you enter without money? Yet the petite attendant still giggled. No money is not a problem. Those who play here don't really use money to gamble. Really? Shirlian asked. The petite attendant covered her mouth. Really, sir? Why don't you come with me? She waved at Shirlian and sashayed away. Shirlian followed behind her without a word, but carefully observed 
all around. This gambler's den from the inside out was exceedingly extravagant and stylish, but not tacky. It was a building rich with taste. The petite attendant were churlian to the very back of the main hall. There was a long table that was packed like sardines. Shirlian had only just approached, and then he heard a man cry, I bet my all. There were too many onlookers. Shirlian couldn't get through and could only listen from outside the crowd. Suddenly, he heard another voice lazily responding, No need, never mind your arm. Even your shit life is worthless here. Hearing the voice, Shirlian's heart jumped. He silently mouthed the name, Sun Lung. What he heard was indeed the voice of that young man, yet it was slightly deeper than he remembered. However, it was because of this that it sounded even more pleasing to the ears. Although he was surrounded by boisterous brouhaha, the voice still rang loud and clear and cut through the noise of the gambler's den and into his ears. Shirlian looked up and found that behind the long table there was a screen curtain, and behind the curtain he could clearly see a faint red figure laid back leisurely on a long chair.